Welcome back to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I wanted to make sure that you were aware of how valuable you are to us and me here at Successful Diligence as a listener of the podcast. It means so much that you allow me to provide value through the podcast and that you listen and you show up and you invest your time. It means the world to me and I so appreciate it. One way that you can show your appreciation for the podcast, if you've gotten any value from anything we've ever said um, in Sode, is you can support us financially so that we can continue to provide the value that you've come to know from the Successful Diligence podcast. And it can be literally less than a cup of coffee a day, 99 cents per month. That's less than a dollar per month, all the way up to five, ten dollars, however much you want to give. But as little as a dollar, less than a dollar, 99 cents, that would make such a difference to us. You can go to the show notes and you can click the link where listener support is highlighted. Um, There's different links in the show notes. Or you can go to anchor.fm backslash successful diligence backslash support and you can sign up there and literally it's one time per month 99 cents less than a cup of coffee and yet you would be having an impact on supporting this podcast to bring more value reach more people to have a greater impact in the world and we appreciate in advance any support that you're able to provide again anchor.fm slash successful diligence slash support or you can click the link in the show notes and show your support financially we appreciate it and we thank you in advance Welcome to the Successful Diligence Podcast. I am so excited today to have another guest. And my guest today is Heather Ryder, and she is known professionally as the Energy Synergist. She is an anxiety specialist who personally overcame high-functioning anxiety while working in a demanding tech job. She works with clients from all over the world who want to take a non-traditional holistic approach to healing anxiety. She synergizes both neuroscience and emotional healing to get to the source of symptoms, uncovering limiting beliefs and persistent habits that hold you back, while at the same time healing the emotional effects of those beliefs and habits. Her methods help you heal quickly and fully. She regularly writes and presents on the issues of perfectionism, high-functioning anxiety, and other anxiety-related topics. I am so excited to learn more about this really I think, important and relevant topic with all of the things that are going on in the world today. So welcome to the podcast. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad you're here. So for our listeners who are not familiar with your work, why don't you give us a short little history about who you are, how you got to, into doing the work that you're doing, sort of what your, what your story is. Oh, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to share that. So uh, a number of years ago, I used to work in technology. I live in Austin, which is a pretty big tech town. And I was working in technology. I was really struggling with high functioning anxiety, although I did not know that at all at the time. Um, perfectionism, imposter syndrome. 
And so I really had these ruminating thoughts. Uh, I would be thinking about things that I did or said and would be playing them over and over in my mind and thinking about what I should have said differently or could have done differently. Uh, and I thought, oh, this seems a little bit unhealthy, but I, I didn't recognize how kind of unnormal it was. And on the outside, I looked really calm to people, which was really interesting because I get comments from people like, oh, Heather, you're so calm. And I would think, what are they talking about? Because inside, I didn't feel that way at all. I just felt, you know, this huge turmoil. And so that's a sign of high-functioning anxiety. And so um, eventually, the massive overwhelm and stress and anxiety led me to have a really severe uh, autoimmune reaction because my body just gave out. I, my nervous system was shot. And so there was a huge wake-up call to me. Uh, I wound up getting some support and started healing my body, but was unexpected through that process was that I got emotional healing that I didn't know that I needed. And so the anxiety started to melt away and I started to become a different person, basically. And through that transformation, I recognized that my mission and purpose on the planet is to help other people. Um, while I loved tech sometimes um, with a lot of the you know, intellectual challenges that came with it, it really wasn't my purpose. So I left that job a couple of years ago and now I work primarily with really goal-oriented, high-achieving women who are recognizing that their anxiety is really limiting them and holding them back, and they're just ready to feel a lot better than they feel now. That is amazing. And kudos for you for having the courage to leave one industry and go into something completely new. That takes a lot of courage to do. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. So let me ask you, though, because I know people throw around the word anxiety a lot, and sometimes it's not really anxiety. It's sort of just like worry. Um, so what's the difference? When should someone like seek help or know that they have a problem? Right. So there's a difference between definitely stress, feeling anxious and having anxiety. And so, and that's one comment that I get from people. If I'm doing workshops or kind of talking about what I do, I've gotten this comment um, or question a lot. Well, isn't anxiety a good thing sometimes? And why is because people are mistaking stress, which sometimes can be useful when you have to get something done, right? Like lights a fire under your booty. Yeah, There's a different, yeah, it gets you motivated. And that's okay if that happens every once in a while. But anxiety is when you're tipping over into having constant chronic issues like I was having that are um, even past a heightened stress response. It starts to cause a lot of physical problems, like people will have trouble, um, let's say, with chest constriction and breathing, for example. They'll have digestive problems. They'll have really severe insomnia. It's basically like their mind cannot shut off ever, and they're in such a heightened state that it is all the time. And so that's where the distinction is, because sometimes we do feel anxious about a certain situation, right? It might be very situational. So that's a good indicator like, okay, is this stress? Am I just feeling anxious right now? Because let's say for example, someone doesn't like to fly. Well, of course they're going to be anxious right before that, but maybe that's the only situation in their life where they have some anxiety, but someone who has persistent chronic anxiety, right? That's when it starts to be a problem. 
Gotcha. So you feeling anxious before like an event or, you know, a situational, like you said, is different than when it's actually interfering with your functioning is kind of what I'm hearing, where yeah, you're exactly. noticing body changes, persistent, chronic thoughts that are interrupting, you know, your daily functioning is when it really becomes, okay, I think something's going on. I need to, I need to go reach out to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. Where you're recognizing, oh, this is all the time. And I'm, um, I mean, I had, as I mentioned, high function functioning anxiety, which is really interesting because I was incredibly functional, but there are some people who have um, like generalized anxiety disorder where they can't function anymore. Like it has gotten so bad, they can't go to work or they're just not able to interact really in the world anymore. Um, and that's obviously a time that somebody should really be seeking support. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so tell me when you first started out on your journey of healing, what was that like from, you know, acknowledging, okay, there's, there's an issue here. I need to, I need to make some changes. What was like the first couple steps or the first part of your journey? Yeah. So that's, what's interesting is I've, I've said this, you know, the universe was kind of poking me in the shoulder for a while and I was ignoring it. And then I wasn't paying attention to signs and symptoms and things like that. And that's how I got so sick. And so it, be, I mean, I, I really was quite sick and it took me over a year to heal from. And so it was at that time, my world sort of was collapsing. Um, like I said, the universe threw a bunch of things at me. Um, my mother was diagnosed with cancer. My younger daughter was having um, some health problems and school problems as well. And I got sick. And so when- oh my gosh, when that's I like had, a, a one oh, stress after another, after <laughs> another, triple, all of those triple. <laughs> <laughs> Triple whammy. And so oh that's why I say like the universe was like, tried to play nice with me before that. And I didn't listen. And so then it was like, okay, well, we tried to play nice. So we're going to hit you up the head upside the head with a brick. And that's when everything started to break down. It was like, I was so overwhelmed the kind of coping mechanisms that I had before that weren't working anymore. It just didn't work. And so it was like, I have to change some things. And so it did start with trying to change my health. But I, in starting to try and change my health, that's when I was recognizing a lot of other behavior patterns uh, that I needed to fix as well. And so one of the main things that was a huge catalyst for me is I went to go see an energy healer, which is probably a whole podcast um, on its own, but that metaphysical experience was amazing for me. I felt freaking awesome. And so I was like, I'm going to go do that again. And so that is how my old emotional pattern started to break down. And I started to become a different person was through that very different and radical experience. Plus combined with finally being able to recognize that my behavior and the ways that I had been just, I was incredibly unhappy and I needed to make a change. And that's why I was really open to whatever would come my way is that final recognition of, oh gosh, this stuff that has been going on in my mind isn't quote unquote normal. Like other people don't feel this way. I didn't know that. I thought everyone had this kind of stuff going on in their head, um, but they don't necessarily. <laughs> right. Most people. But what's, <laughs> what's really fascinating is that you had the signs, you had the taps on the shoulder, but you weren't really paying attention until it got sort of to the place where you couldn't ignore it anymore. And then I, I am actually interested in the energy. I, I'm not familiar with that at all. Is it like, I was, when you said it, I was like, is that like a chiropractor office where they go mm. and they sort of touch you or like, what is, what is that? 
Yeah. So just to, you know, briefly describe it, we have an energy field that surrounds our body. Um, if you put your arms out from side to side, it's a radius about that far around and you have a chakra system, which you may have heard of chakras are energy hubs of the body. And it's pretty woo, but, uh, that, you know, the chakras have become more well-known. So you're processing information through your energy field and through your chakras all the time. Um, and so your body is an indicator that there's a problem. It's not the actual problem. It's like something has processed through your energy field and then your body lets you know, hey, you're having a response to something that came through your energy field. And so we store stuck and stagnant emotions, um, energies, and past experiences in our energy field. And so when we're working with um, an energy worker, an energy healer, there's all types of modalities. By the way, Reiki is one of the most well-known energy healing modalities, and that's the first type I ever experienced, that um, Reiki healer is working on your energetic body and your energetic system. And so when you have that type of work done, that's how you get an emotional or energetic release and healing. And so that's why I went to go see that person for my physical issue. I mean, that was my sole reason for going to her, but I felt so amazing after it that I was like, oh, I'm going to keep going. And that's how my old kind of emotional pattern started to basically be dismantled is like through that process. And then once you become aware of the way that you have been operating, because I couldn't see it before. It was like, oh, it was a dress, like started to, you know, get unraveled, but then I could see it in a way that I didn't anymore. And I was like, oh, wow, I got some stuff to work on. <laughs> <laughs> Things yeah. come to the surface. Yeah. And that's interesting because I'm, um, you know, I'm definitely a believer in the spiritual world and we all have, you know, there's spiritual and there's the natural. And I know just being a clinician, you know, from my, my years back in child welfare, that we actually hold trauma. Um, and pain in our physical body. So that's, I mean, and science proves that as well. Um, so that's very interesting. And, uh, you know, when you were saying, you know, you felt good, I'm going back to that. That is like an indicator. Yes, this is working for me. I need to continue on this path. We're on the right, you know, journey. And so I love that you were paying attention into that and continue to, to do that. What were some of the um, reactions, like when you started to heal and feel better and become aware of what you had to work through and then had the courage to actually take action and work through what, what you had to go. Because a lot of people can have emotional things come up or they can actually realize that they need to work on limiting beliefs or, you know, negative patterns or habits, but they don't always take, ha take the action and have the courage to implement something different. So for your journey, when you started to heal and take action and change, what was the reaction from like your family and, and people around you? Did they notice? I do think that people noticed uh, primarily my family because my relationship with my daughters had um, not been good when I was very anxious. I used to scream at them a lot and I don't mean just yell, I mean scream at them. And so my relationship with them started to change and I just became way more relaxed and easy and they noticed that. I would definitely say my mom noticed a shift and around that time, I actually left one job and went to another. So I don't think it was as apparent to my coworkers, but at my new job, I definitely was relating to people there much differently than I used to relate to people. And uh, I think that the, the new uh, coworkers really would ha probably have 
articulated and um, use very different words than former coworkers would have used, right? It's like, because I was um, so peaceful and calm and it, I don't know what else to say other than I know that their reaction to me and how they thought of me and would have described me was very different than people in the past. So it wasn't that the coworkers were like, oh, wow, Heather, you're so different because it was a new set of people. But I noticed my response at work and like situations at work being extremely different as well. Like things that would have bothered me before it was like I could just though just rolled off of me and my perspective was really very different interesting and so did the energy work also deal with like your mind patterns or was that something that you did sort of yourself or like how did you deal with those thoughts because I'm sure they didn't just go away in one session <laughs> you know thoughts tend right to yeah out. I mean I, I will say I definitely there's a big path I mean I I had multiple sessions and then I became an energy healer myself so I kept doing a lot of work um, on my own I did I started to implement some other things like journaling which I never had done before um, you know a lot of positive affirmations about things when I would start to recognize the old kind of thought loop that was in my head it's like well what's the opposite of that and not even just journaling. I mean, I would write things um, on my mirror with a dry erase marker because when you walk into your bathroom and there's something written on the mirror, you're not used to seeing that. So it's a really, it's a really great way to be like, whoa. And then you, you yeah, you're going to notice it. <laughs> you're going to notice it. And so I was doing just a lot of things that were like breaking down the old patterns on my own. And I probably, I mean, this was a number of years ago. I probably started listening to different audiobooks that I never would have listened to before, <laughs> you know, much more like, like you just said, spiritually related kind of audio books and stories. It's like my interest started to change. And so I was surrounding myself with um, a lot of different kind of things coming into my sphere than used to. And I'm, I'm pretty sure um, from what I remember correctly, there were some people in my life that I was friends with that I just really didn't align with anymore. Um, and so I just, you know, stopped hanging out with those people. Yeah, I'm a big believer of there's different seasons of our life and some people, it's not bad, it's not wrong. They're just for a different season. And so sometimes you have to move on and they're not included in your future season, which is perfectly fine. So that's really cool that you were aware of that. And I love how you were, you were implementing the energy work and also practical new habits and patterns that then reinforced the positive changes that you were making so that you continue, because you know, your, your brain, you get new um, neurological pathways and um, that's not how you say it, but there's, there's new neural pathways that are yeah. created and reinforced um, the more you do something and the, and the behavior. So I love that. So what do you do now if you happen to get anxious? I'm fully, fully telling the truth here. I very rarely get anxious anymore. My life oh, wow. is so, yeah, my life is so radically different. And I'm, I'm not saying that's not true, like never happens, but it is extremely rare now. But um, I'm so much more self-aware of the emotional things that are going on. So instead of anxious, I would say every once in a while, I'll get really irritated about something or with someone. And that used to be all the time, right? And so it's so rare now that when that happens, I really start to just dig in like, Heather, why are you bothered by that? What's actually going on? Because the surface of what you think why someone irritated you is not 
really <laughs> the reason it, <laughs> it seems like it is, you know, but you just, I just keep questioning myself like, okay, what are you actually upset about? What is this actually triggering for you? And then I really have that self-awareness of like, okay, I'm going to sit with this because there's something under here that I'm supposed to figure out. I know my reaction is irritation, but it's actually something else. So um, that's how I would say it kind of shows up in my life now. That is fascinating because I know like even with depression, um, oftentimes in women, so men when they're depressed um, manifest that as, as irritation and anger. And some women who have a little bit more progesterone do that as well. And they mistakenly misdiagnose that a lot of times. So depression and anger can come out as irritation, but I love that you were paying attention to, okay, well, this is really not what's really going on. What's, what's the root? And you were asking yourself new questions so that you could get to what was really going on and address that so that the problem that goes away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and this takes practice just for your listeners to know. I mean, this is, this is, a, this is not happen overnight. And so in my one-on-one -on -one work with clients and I um, have some group programs that I'm running now as well, I've really helped people get really curious because if we're beating ourselves up and saying, oh, you shouldn't feel that way, you know, or putting blame on other people, you're not going to get anywhere. It's just right. not. Shame and, and so, blame do not reinforce positive. Shame and blame. Things. Yes, I love that. I'm going to have like shame and blame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not. So you have to start getting really curious about, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why? And then you'll, what happens a lot of the time is you start having memories that appear from, you know, various times in your life. And then you can correlate like, oh, this thing that I'm going through right now that I'm reacting to is actually very similar to something that happened to make something up here, right? Like when I was 14. And so your body um, and your mind at 14 had that reaction. And then you basically like make a decision about the world and about life. And then you keep playing it out over and over. So there you are 30 years later, let's say at 44, basically repeating the same pattern. And so if you keep getting curious about it, um, which is, I don't know, there's something about the word curious for people. They can do that, be like, hmm, this is interesting. Like when you can get to that state, that's when your mind is like, oh, I guess I don't have to protect myself. If, right. if you're curious about yeah, a reframe. Like, oh, if you're curious about it, okay, I can let stuff come up from the subconscious that you have been shoving back there for so long. Yeah, I use the word fascinating for me because I'm like, oh, oh that's fascinating. And I love that. It, it's very similar to trauma work, um, you know, what you do. And I love that you brought up the fact that it always is helpful. And I would say sometimes necessary, depending on how deep um, the trauma or the work has to go, that you have someone walk the journey with you. And that's what a coach does. They walk the journey with you. And especially with yourself, having lived it, you know it intimately. And so you can sort of guide people in a way that someone like me wouldn't be able to because I didn't, I didn't live that. I didn't, I didn't go through that. Um, so I love that you're doing the work so that you're a resource for people um, because it's so needed. And I love the fact that it's, you've mentioned this, that you are, you reframe and you're implementing new habits and thought patterns. You're making new choices and you're asking new questions. These are all things that I talk about all the time. So I feel very validated. <laughs> um, and I love I, it. Thank you. Effective. Those, those, those things are effective. And um, I just love that. I absolutely love that. So yeah. where can people find you if they want to work with you or learn more? 
oh, well, my website is one of the best ways to, you know, find out more about me and what I do and what I offer. I have a lot of great blog posts as well. Um, my website is theenergysynergist.com. And I will put a link to that in the show notes. So uh, listeners, you can just click and go. So what are, what is something that you think is really important for the listeners to know about anxiety and about, you know, healing and the energy that I didn't ask you about, but maybe should have? I really, I think we kind of touched on this a little bit, just really staying committed and knowing that change doesn't happen overnight. I think our society is so like, oh, we want something and want it now. And stuff takes work. I mean, yeah, change if you're takes struggling, <laughs> yeah, if you have anxiety, it took a while for you to get wherever you are. So it's going to take a while to undo some of the stuff and that's okay. You can get there. It's just like, okay, what's a better version of me that I'm striving for? And I say this just with all trueness, like anything you want for yourself and your life is completely possible for you. Just know that. No vision that you have for yourself is um, unrealistic. So whatever it is that you want, just know you can get there if you take committed action and it can be teeny baby steps one at a time. You just keep doing it and it will, it will work for you. I love that. I love that because it's so true. Um, you're right. It, did, it didn't get to us overnight. It's not going to go away overnight. Um, and I think, I don't know that you talked about it too much, but what about self-care? Did self-care play any part of your journey? That's a great question because it did. What I had to realize is that I was doing too much. You know, a lot of people with perfectionism and this is true I think so much for women in today's society I'm a, you know I'm a mom and working and all that stuff we do way too much and so I started to recognize that I needed to do less mm. that meant giving my kids more to do that meant saying no to things that meant recognizing that um, I'm an extrovert by the way so I just love to you know be out and do things and I like new experiences but I started to recognize I need to do less on the weekend. It's okay, Heather, to sit around for hours at home and not be doing something. I needed more time in my, in my schedule to just not do something. So that's a huge part of self-care sometimes is not doing anything. Yeah, absolutely. I love that new boundaries because, because we need that for ourselves and with others. But also you're right. Like, especially in here in America, we are doers, 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 doing, and we forget that we're human beings and just being is valid enough. You don't always have to be doing because sometimes, and I think this is, happens a lot with sleep when we sleep, our body's regenerating and things are happening. And so when we are still and engaging in mindfulness or quietness, there's things happening. You know, there's healing that's going on emotionally and mentally, even physically. And so there's, there's credence and validity to just being as well. So I love that. Oh, awesome. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, we are almost at the end of our time. So what are some last thoughts that you have uh, before we end? Oh gosh, none that I can think of. I just really hope that our messages today, uh, I really loved how you and I were seeing similar things in different ways. So I really just think that uh, hearing it to the same thing, kind of two different ways will probably spark something for people listening today. So I just want everyone out there to have an amazing life. Yeah, absolutely. I often say sometimes you just, especially with my husband, I say this, you need to hear it from a different voice. <laughs> it's the exact same thing, but just a different voice or different language or just from a different frame. Um, so I love that. And, and it's, it's validating because it's all 
true and it works. And so it does contribute to the success journey, to the journey to becoming your best version of yourself. And so I just love that. So I know that you got value from this listeners. I am positive about that because I know I did. <laughs> um, so as I always say, continue walking, always keep walking, never stop walking, because if you continue to walk, you will reach your destiny. And on the journey, always, always choose gratitude.